What's up, soccer players? Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, what's going on, man? Chilling, bro. I am chilling. It's a lazy Sunday. It's been raining all day, so um, I think it's like three three hours stretch where I had nothing to do, so I decided to DoorDash. Uh, pretty interesting, man. I didn't know. See, see people be stealing food. With really? like, yeah, they they call in the order and then they don't they don't confirm the pickup, so they just grab the food and walk away. <laughs> so they, <laughs> I just oh show up and I'm God. like, I'm picking up for so and so. They're like, honey, like somebody came 15 minutes ago and grabbed that food, and I'm like, oh hey, wow, what? <laughs> so people are stealing food and we're using the app. So if you need a free meal, you can just like download the app and then just when you see an order you just go in and pick it up and you don't confirm and then there's your free food apparently a lot of people are doing that so it is it is a world out there man when you start to uh, do all these delivery shit but that was my day man that was like like a few highlight of my day man about you how you doing i i'm i'm stunned man that's if anybody out there ever tries to steal my delivery order we're gonna have some problems the guy i think he stole like uh like like mini, 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 like mini bagels. That's what was stolen. Bagels. Yeah, wow. like six mini bagels with cheese. That's and, crazy. And he, nah, he stole that. <laughs> it's like, damn, that's, that's crazy. Criminal. That's criminal. But um, now my day has been pretty good. You know, um, was a little productive today. Got a few things done that I've been meaning to get done. And um, yeah, the season at the academy is is winding down, and it, it's time for some rest and relaxation a little bit. So. Uh, kind of excited for that in the next few weeks. Rest is duly noted, man. You, you work too hard. Oh, too you work hard, too, too hard. hard. But we're working. It's a Sunday. We, we actually have a very special episode today. I, I think this is going to be one of our best ones. We have a special guest from a brand new company who's who's launching a new service out here. And I think it is a must listen for anybody who wants to enter the world of sports or who wants to optimize their career within the world of sports. Um, so today we have John Bayo from Pathway. Um, John, welcome to the show. Why don't you just jump on in and kind of tell us what Pathway is about? What's up, guys? Appreciate you guys having me on. It was really a pleasure for me to be here and represent Pathway on behalf of the other guys. But um, yeah, no, for us to get the word out there, the simplest way to kind of think about what Pathway is, is a place to help ambitious professionals break into and build a career in soccer. And that's both on the sporting and the front office side of the sport. And that's a big emphasis for us. Um, every resource or every service or every product that we're going to create as we kind of continue to go and build this thing is going to all tie back into that mission for us. And that's the biggest thing for us there. And right now, we've sort of just launched with a newsletter. We launched on November 1st. So we're pretty much brand new coming out. But we've mm-hmm. got a lot, a lot of good traction coming out. But the newsletter was our first piece. Um, and that, that's kind of our starting point. And I can delve more into that newsletter and what it, what it is and what it does in, in a little bit. But that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Okay, that's, that's new. When, uh, when Andy hit me up, he said, um, yeah, we have this guy. Like, he, he, he's trying to get people into the sport, get job into the sport. And I was like, huh, this is, uh, this is different <laughs> than the typical guests we get here. But, um, considering, you know, we, we have a lot of physical therapists who, who, and, and people in sport, in 
soccer in general who listen to this podcast so I figure that's that's a pretty um <laughs> like Andy said that's a pretty good episode that I, I like that there could be quite a bit of crossover between you know my experience on the sporting side you know working on technical staffs and things of that nature um and your listeners in terms of maybe some of them who want to break in and want to get into the sport so some of the things that we've we've sort of blanketed as both sides of the sport but really it could apply to anybody within any department as you're thinking about it, it could be medical it could be the athletic training it could be uh, okay. uh, coaches it could be people who work in content on that side so a lot of the advice and things that we're getting uh, and we're delivering to our listeners and our viewers of, of the newsletter or the readers of the newsletter to start it, we write it in a way that it could apply to anybody. And that's the key thing. We ask questions to thought leaders in the industry, the same way that it could apply to anybody essentially. So, you know, that's our goal is the first and foremost, let's just be like the go-to must have resource for anybody that wants to break into a work in soccer. Nice. So you're not just, it's not just, um, healthcare professionals is, is anyone who wants to get in the field in general? Well, work in the sport, not on the field, but work okay. in the sport, you know? Okay. Mm. Okay. I like this. I like this. And can you just repeat your, was that the mission statement you said where it was about ambitious people trying to break? Can you repeat that bit again? Yeah. The mission statements pathways is help, here to help ambitious professionals break into and build a career in soccer in both the front office and sporting sides of the sport front office and cool. the field side that's that's if you think about the way an organization breaks up you know there's two sides of it right it's like yeah. the technical side and then the front office side typically most people are not really catering to both you know um nolan sheldon is one of the partners or co-founders of the company he was a assistant coach in mls for the past seven years actually so he has a lot of experience as well on the technical side and then his brother, Cal Sheldon, is another founder of ours, and he has over 20 years experience in the front office side of the sport. So, you know, we stood in this place where, you know, you guys probably know, I mean, it's a very network-based industry. Yeah. A lot of hiring that happens in the sport is like who you know and who's in your network and who will advocate for you in your network, right? So often we're just being hit up for like recommendations for like people for positions, and then on the same side, we're getting hit up by a lot of people who see my experience, my expertise, and they're like, how do I get to where you got to? What's mm. the pathway? How do I break in? How do I navigate it? Uh -huh. And so this is where we've sat in like the middle of this space. And we got to a point eventually where we just couldn't ignore it anymore. We had to address it and we had to do something because it just kept coming at us and coming at us. So that's this interesting. Is, this is naturally where we start. Huh? So it was a, that was developed as a as because there's demand for this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, no, this is this is really interesting. Um, we we mentioned something, and I I don't want to gloss over it because to people who are in the industry, the difference is clear. But for maybe people who aren't in it yet, um, who maybe don't have direct experience in a soccer environment, can you kind of explain the difference between? front office staff and technical staff to the listeners and what are some things that listeners should know when they're applying to positions such as these yeah i mean that's a it's a layered question right there's a lot that kind of goes into that the the difference i mean just being front office and and sporting think of sporting as like more anything that's associated directly around the team and directly supports the function of the team so think technical coaching staff think medical staff and trainers um think uh, team administration, t like 
those types of positions would be on that side of the house. And then the front office side is going to be more your uh, creative departments, your marketing departments, your ticket sales departments, your HR departments, those types of departments live on that side of the house, essentially. And so, um, you know, like I said, like the advice is a little bit what we've tried to do is cater the advice to help both sides potentially at the same time. So we could kind of write to the same thing without having to create a specific newsletter for each one, so to speak. That's the challenge that we kind of set out to to overcome in the initial stages of this thing. Um, and I know I we have some I have some more tactical or tips that advice that I can give more insight to in a little bit. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of like the difference between the two or the core difference. So, as you said, I was thinking about um, you know the creating content, creating a newsletter content because there's just so many. You're not just catering to one group right you're not just want to do one like i would say like a uh, avatar you got <laughs> people yeah. want to work in the front office people who want to work on the field side like it's 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 a bit tricky to to create content for for those i mean um i'm assuming you got a lot of people on that different people representing different side of of the equation to to write content for for that newsletter yeah. And if you think about it, we actually broke it down even a little bit further into personas mm. as and if you think about it, it's like um, think college graduates or recent graduates who are starting their careers. And then you kind of have rising professionals. People are probably like one to five yeah. years into their career. And then you have more experienced ones who are probably looking to get into that leadership role or that director role. And then you have um, like the experienced ones or career pivoters. That's a really interesting one that we've gotten a lot of people coming to us like people who in are in other industry and want to come work in soccer specifically. And we get hit up a lot from them saying, well, how do I even do that? You know, how would I position myself to break into the sport? I have 25 years of, of content development experience, but I worked, I've worked over here in this industry, but I want to work in soccer. It's my passion. I want to do this. So oh, um, I was going to ask like, what, what, what led them to, here you go. Like, you go from a lawyer <laughs> marketing director to like i want to work in soccer what's the what's the story behind that i always want to know why people want to switch i guess if you have a passion for the sport there's there's different avenue now yeah it's a good it all comes down to their personal ambition and their motivation um of why they want to do things and they come to us with a lot of different stories for us it's just more okay well how can we we're getting hit with all these things and it was one reason why you know we we started our whole thing focusing on a newsletter and building community as opposed to like launching a service or a product right away. That was like a key strategy okay. for us because what we wanted to do was get feedback from the, from everybody that's like reading our content and see, okay, what are the questions that are coming for us on the job seeker side? And then employers, we've been, mm -hmm. we've been hit up by them too, coming to us and saying, you know, oh, well, how can we amplify our job posting, for example, or, uh, we have a, we want to go find this profile of talent. How do we go find that? Like, how do we expand mm -hmm. our network? Because like I said, it's a network based industry. And a lot of times what it comes down to is quality of like the person that you're getting in front of. And then also trust is another big thing that you hear. And we hear consistently on both sides. Right. Um, so I think it's a, we're sitting right in the middle of this position. So we've just been listening, gaining feedback, and then slowly making iterations or adapting to what we're doing. I like that approach is uh, building up the community first and then <clears throat> later on you can create a product because if, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to yeah. trust the community, <laughs> I mean, you, you're, you're going to sell to no one. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. 
Oh, that, that's very interesting. And even the the idea of working and catering to different people at, at different stages, because I mean, I, I have heard of, you know, agencies saying, okay, yeah, I can help you break in or like, oh, I can almost be like an agent for you, but you're not a player, you're more of a staff member. Um, what else is Pathway doing differently or, you know, things that are in the plans to do differently than things that already exist out there on the market? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've thought about this a lot. I mean, if you kind of look at the typical, and we're not going down this path, but there's one of the ones that we, we looked at really early on was just the whole job board scene that's out there because that's your, your typical place where jobs are posted on Teamwork Online mm-hmm. or whatever. And we explored that whole bit. And we felt it really wasn't for us. It didn't represent really what we wanted to do. Um, we do we do scour the internet basically and try to facilitate the job, the best jobs into a centralized location. And we may be iterating on that coming up soon where like, if you go through all the, all the job sites, jobs are scattered all over the place and they're not really organized in a way that's easy to sort of navigate and find. Right. So if you think about it simply of just breaking jobs up into front office versus the sporting side, right? Like job boards. If I go to, teamwork online, I can't really do that at the moment. So it's things like that, that we're trying to create little resources like that to help make it easier for people to find a job in the first place. That could be one example. Um, The second thing that we've been testing is facilitating like meaningful conversations with potential mentors or people that could give real advice who are in the industry now. And these are typically people you wouldn't have access to. And I think it's, um, like through the featured guests that we've had on the newsletter, we've asked everybody to give away uh, their own personal time and meet with people um, who are in our community. And I think what we've done with a couple already is we have people apply to have conversations one-on-one with these, with these um, individuals. And they were like three 30 minute conversations with each one. Um, You know, we had a good number, really good numbers apply to have these conversations with these individuals. And that that was just like a unique thing. And then we're going to, because the demand for it was so high, we're actually going to use now more like ask me anything type style. We're going to t- test that out. We're going to try that out coming up soon with a few of the featured guests as well. And again, it's just for an opportunity for somebody to get on, get in a conversation um, with somebody and ask them questions about how they broke in, how they navigated their career, how they positioned themselves. I mean, all things that you kind of like, you know, kind of a lot of times just learn as you go if you don't have access to somebody who has that experience. Um, so that's that's a big deal for us. So that's definitely one way we're going to continue to push the envelope is finding ways to facilitate those conversations. Um, and oh, go ahead. I was going to say I can see new gra- I can see your company being really valuable for new graduates <clears throat> because when I graduated and I was trying to figure out okay how do I break into the soccer world, uh, the only thing I had. Well, I had two things. It's just my doctorate as a physical therapy and um, my background in in social media and creating content and growing an audience for for my own soccer page. Um, so I was like, okay, like how do I like how do I manage? How do I do that? So there's 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 this aspect where you can just have a brand because you're a physical therapist. You can have a your own brand and niche down into soccer and be a therapist and fitness person in the world of soccer. The other thing that I started doing, and that's just to give you like my brief history on how I try to break into the soccer world. I just 
got my table and then I went to a facility where they play indoor soccer and I just camped there and say, Hey, if you yeah. want, if you want like a, like a massage or the stretches before, after the game, I'll be in that section. And I, I, um, develop a relationship with the people that own the facility and I ask him, see if I can be there two days a week for like two months to see what gives. And, and to me that that's, that's the kind of like my route of, of trying to break in. Um, and I can tell you like, I, I've talked to a lot of new grads and everyone asked me to say, how do I, how do I get in? Like, where do I apply? Like, wh- what do I do? I said, well, it's just like you start posting content on social media or go out there and just introduce yourself. But not everybody has that level of confidence yeah. or skill set to, to be able to do that. So having your company around and somebody you, they can, most people don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. So having pathway wise where you can just have a 30 minutes conversation with somebody and they can be a soundboard and give you some advice. I think that's pretty good for a new graduate. I mean, even a tip like you just talked about, that's huge. I mean, that's like uh, I mean, that's really similar to my story, how I started in the sport, too. It was for me, it was like seven months of volunteering my time, basically, <laughs> to try to then get my first paid coaching gig and then build from there, so to speak. So it was like being willing to roll up my sleeves, put myself out there and actually get out and do the work, you know? And then, and we had somebody on the, on the, on the newsletter, Alan Hopkins Jr. He was awesome. And he had this quote, I wrote this down because I wanted to share it. And it was just, uh, it's not about growing your network. It's about having people inside your network that will advocate for you, right? Someone that'll actually pick up the phone and make a phone call for you. So the question is, how do you do that? Right, you just you gotta show up. <laughs> That's show up, the first man. thing. Yeah, it's it it show it up. That is the first thing you gotta do. Yeah, and your your solution is super creative. It's just yeah, I didn't have that, so I just went and got it. I built it because I went there and I put my table out there and and I worked, you know, and I was there and I was available and I showed up. And that's it's huge. It's a great piece of advice. No, I love it. I love it. And we have a lot more advice coming to you guys after this quick break. So. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more for you. So we'll be right back. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, It's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. This episode is brought to you by Team Builder. If you're a physical therapist, fitness coach, or personal trainer, you need to know that Team Builder is the number one app for exercise prescription. Whether you're working with a few clients one-on-one as a side hustle, or you're working with hundreds of athletes in an academy setting, There's no better app to prescribe exercises for remote or in-person training than TeamBuilder. As someone who has used TeamBuilder for over two years, I can wholeheartedly say it saves me time and helps my clients perform at their best. As a bonus, TeamBuilder is offering a 12-week soccer strength and conditioning program that comes with your 14-day free trial. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed, all while reducing the risk of injury. Head over to teambuilder.com and sign up with code SFE to get started. All right, we are back on the soccer fitness experience. And John, you kind of mentioned a little bit before the break as to how you started off your journey into soccer. 
Um, just so our listeners know, can you kind of give us a more fleshed out version of, of how you got into the field? Yeah, sure. I mean, post-college, right away, I took a job actually helping a buddy of mine open up a state farm insurance agency in Bethesda, Maryland. So I was living in D.C. and I did it for about 18 months, almost two years. And I was sort of on this like agent, agency track, so to speak. If I wanted to become one, I could do it. Um, I had the flexibility to choose that. And then I just kind of like one day I was like, I told my wife, I was getting married that year. I was like, I really want to work in soccer. I want to be a coach. And she's like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, it was like one of those things. So the timing wasn't great on my side, but I, uh, you know, I reached out my partner, Nolan Sheldon, actually at the time was the director of camps and training programs at DC United. And since we were living in DC, he was about, he was, you know, years older than me, a few years older, but I just reached out to him and kind of shot my shot with him, asked if I could start to like get around the programs that they were doing. And he let me come out. So I started volunteering with them on weekends and that turned into almost like every weekend, just going out there with them at different training programs and just being around with the kids on the field and being around the coaches for, you know, three hours a day, uh, just volunteering time. And, and then after seven months, I got my first paid gig with them working uh, as a camp uh, camp coach throughout the summer. And then the timing of me being there and just doing a good job throughout that summer paid off because um, an academy coaching position opened up right before the preseason started in August. And I was just really well positioned to be there. And I got, I didn't, there weren't like a, there wasn't a requirement for me to have a very high level of licensing to get that. It was like a pre-academy team. So they let me in and that was how I started and launched the entire thing. And then I just went from there. So, you know, breaking into the sport, it took me, I don't know, 10 months or so to kind of like do that, to actually get a real paid position coaching a high level academy team. But it just took time. That was how I got in. I want to dig deep into <clears throat> into that a bit because um, what the, I want to know the mindset, the belief system behind that, because that's one of the things that will stop most people. Like most people know what they need to do. <laughs> so yeah. They know like, hey, listen, there's I know plenty of soccer, like soccer camp out there. I could just walk in and talk to somebody. But most people aren't doing that. Right. So why was um, what was the motivation? What drove you? to 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 go to that route you know you f finish with 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 state farm and then you said you want to go into soccer and then you actually went for it right a lot of people will be like man like i need a paycheck i need this <laughs> you know yeah that is, yeah, this no, is i need a paycheck true. i got student loan you know what i mean yeah. like like do i do this this do i do some part not part time as i give my time for free like you it's it's like i've done this several times and it's a it's a matter of talking to myself it's like yo listen you do this try this out for like this amount of time you know trying to get myself trying to increase belief into this is this will happen this will work through like try it anyway but that was my mindset to it like what was your mindset throughout that journey yeah that was a tough one because i mean like i said when i wrote when i told my my now wife for 10 years that i wanted to do do that initially her her reaction was I would say very measured you know she she was like <laughs> it wasn't uh she didn't kick me out the house or anything but it was uh you know because we had a lot going on that year we yeah were getting, you got we were getting married we were doing a bunch of oh stuff. Like, you we gotta get married oh you were going to get married yeah so Ooh, this was like later that in the was year. tough i know that was tough i got married this year i yeah. know that was tough it wasn't easy <laughs> so but, you know i had to lean into it and you know it wasn't easy at all because i mean those those were like non I, I had like a small paid gig locally i lived in southern maryland down in dunkirk maryland i don't know if you guys know where that is but it's just like it's 45 minutes outside of dc on the southern side right and 
you go out that way. I was working like a small, real small paid gig with a local U12 girls team. And then I was volunteering on the weekends. That was twice a week at night. And then I was volunteering on the weekends with DC United, driving out all the way to Chantilly, Virginia. So it was an hour and 45 minutes in one direction for me to get out there. And then I'd be out there for three hours or so, working with the coaches, working with the kids, and then driving back. And each time I got into the car to drive out there, and every weekend I was like, what am I doing with myself right now? Like, <laughs> like am I crazy? I didn't have a coaching license. I didn't have anything. You know, I was like, and then I got out there and it took me a while to develop my coaching voice. Let's just put it that way. I was pretty quiet. The imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. you, you go in, everybody got their licenses, and you don't have your, oh, man. So I was out there just like, and I'm working with a lot of the academy coaches were out there. And so, but the best part about that, though, was that, like, I didn't worry about, I well, what kept me going back was I didn't worry about the money, and I didn't worry that I didn't have a license. I was just around really high level coaches like good coaches that i could just learn from absorbing things yeah and i was what i took from it so i just kind of went with it and then when i got into those like paid summer months i could just sort of like you sort of imitate a little bit before you can kind of create your own style mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what i mean that's just sort of natural so i could do those things and test things because it was a camp environment so it was safe and i could really like start to hone in on on myself and start to develop myself right so it was like little by little, as I got a little bit better and a little bit better, I just felt more and more confident that, man, I could, if I really got a shot at this, I think I could do this, you know? Um, and that just kind of kept me going. But uh, that initial first seven months or eight months where I was really getting paid nothing was tough. And then to get to the point where I was like finally making some money in camps and then actually getting a paid coaching job. Yeah, it was a huge relief for sure. But um, it took a lot to get there. It took a ton. I love it, man. So like a lot of people would say, hey, seven months of grinding, you know, not only to see it, it's a seven month of free education. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's just seven months free of education. And I just paid for four years of one, right? Yeah. So uh, seven months, <laughs> seven months of more? free education and networking. We're not, yes. we, it's seven months free education and networking. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, especially new grads coming out of school, you, you need, John, you need money. I can't tell you the, the it's like, you have this giant student loan on your back. And especially if you like, I don't know, like if you like in your late twenties, graduating from PT school, you, you, you're not the same as, you know, 23, like you need money yeah. like right away. And most people will make their decision based, based off that, you know, and I, I can tell you a lot of people won't pick that route. Well, they will be very hesitant to pick the route because they, if there's no money inside. So, in the short term, yeah, but in the long term, if you can think about the education you're getting and the networking, you know, it's it's this it's priceless. It's, it's about the value. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's about the value that you get from an experience like that because no, you're not paying to be there, but where you're at could be a, a university course. You know, and <laughs> more than like, that, what you know, it's 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 valuable. It's and yeah, if you just go and. I'm not speaking of you, obviously, but like, let's say you're a volunteer and you're like, oh, I want to get into coaching. I want to get into fitness, rehab. If you just go out there and stand on the sidelines and don't say anything, yeah. well, no, you're not going to get any value and you're not going to see it as a valuable experience. But if you really get into it, then yeah, the, the sky's the limit. And especially being in that environment, like oh my God. On, on Academy sideline, you don't know who's out there. You could turn around, there's a sporting director, you turn around, there's a national team scout, like, 
well, that's it's kinda, a good place to be. Yeah, that's where I graduated to was that, you know, eventually as I was around more and they knew my face and they knew my name, then they started inviting me out to academy, like the real academy training sessions, like the 14s, the 16s, the 18s. And those were like the best players, the best coaches. Mm. And I just was they were they were like anytime they brought the guys in, I was with them. I could stand close to the coaches. I could hear everything they were saying and that. But there was a commitment. I wasn't making any money going out there to those sessions, but I was scribbling everything I could in my notebook. I was taking recordings and you know, saying phrases that these coaches were saying and taking note of their energy, their enthusiasm, how the players oh. responded to them. I'm like, it's the small things that I was like, you couldn't pay for that anywhere. Like that yeah, just doesn't that. exist. That's yeah. the mentality right there. You just, you just go in and you, 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 you were present. It sounded, it sounds like you were present and you were learning as opposed to, Hey, I'm going to do this. And hopefully like, they give me a job. <laughs> I'm gonna do this. Hopefully, they give me a job. Yeah. No, nah, like you go in and you were you were studying, you were taking notes. Like that's that tells you like the kind of person you are and the the, the, the dedication it takes to 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 you know to get to this. Yeah. Well, trust me, there was also pressure at home. I needed to make sure I made that work, so I was oh, motivated no, 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 no. every yeah, time. Hey, at the end of the year, listen, I need you gotta make hey whatever yeah. you need. I, it's easy now. I would say like. Hey, you, you, you can do DoorDash. You can do any type of job on the side just to bring some income, so that you know, at least you you bring in something in. Yeah. But if if that's where you want to go, you got to give it a shot. It's, yeah. it's like you want to live with regrets, man. No, I love it. I love it. And I mean, now let's let's give the the listeners some some advice. Um, do do you have some tips? Let's say two or three general tips that you would give to somebody who's wanting to break into the soccer world or maybe any any of those personas that you mentioned before about yeah. people who are in it, who want to advance, people who want to pivot. What, what do you got for us? It's interesting. I mean, I've, I've helped a couple of coaches and then some guys who are trying to break in on the analyst side more recently, kind of with their resumes and just help them. It's not sometimes like a, like for someone, uh, from some people who have experience, it's not an experience problem or a talent problem per se. It's how they package up their talent and expertise and hmm. put it on a resume or put it in a, in a cover letter and how you define yourself. You know what I mean? And the reason why it's really important, and we've heard probably in the, in four out of our five newsletters so far that defining your super, your superpower or your X factor, the thing that really makes you special, right. Is like the thing that they look for first. And then the peripheral skill sets, those are super important, too, because you kind of like soccer is always like you wear multiple hats. You help people mm. with this stuff in here. Everybody just grinds. You know what I mean? You, you lean in, and you get it done. So you have to do other things. And you have to have other skills. But you do have to have something that primarily sets you apart, similar to a player. You know, it's the same thing. So for me, it's clearly define what that is. Make sure that's evident on your resume. Right. And if that's a skill set that you have, make sure that it's very clearly listed. Um, if you want to put it in like your, your, like a statement about yourself, like a self-defining mission statement or whatever it is for yourself, that's great too. Just whatever that is, make sure that someone who's reading it, it's clear because, uh, on the hiring side, what we've heard is that people will spend, they'll spend 30 to 90 seconds, maybe skimming through resumes. Cause if you think if they have 200 yeah. to 500 to go through, how are you going to stand out? You know? What are they going to read right away? And what do you want them to read? And where do you want to draw their attention to on that resume? And how do you do that? Right. So that's number one. Um, number two is kind of associated with that one. And for me, it's personal. It's like have a work product that a leader could immediately see where you add value to what they do. 
and they mm. can, and they can make decisions from the work that you produce. Mm. So I'll give you an example of that one is um, when I applied for the men's national team, I was a, coming on as an analyst, right? So they they asked me to produce some different work product similar to what we're talking about, show my expertise. And I showed them a bunch of different work examples. So at the time I ha- I was doing like a lot of individual performance analysis with high level youth players. So I went and put, picked like two or three, like really clear two, three minute examples of a recorded session between me and the player that could showcase one, my ability to explain complex topics with simplicity and then to interact with a player. How do I question and answer a player? How do I probe them for answers? How do I get them to interact in the dialogue? And I wanted them to show that. And then another one was I did a, um, a webinar that was recorded so that they could hear like my presentation, my style, like how clean I was in that. Because what they were wanting to bring somebody on for was not just opposition analysis. It was also someone to present to the team and have that responsibility of presenting uh, the report. Breaking and, down that report into a language to people can understand ah i get but, it but if i if i have a podcast that i put out and i say um every other word you know what i mean it's like that doesn't really that doesn't work that means i'm not like i'm not confident in what i'm saying right so you know i put out this this product to them that showed hey he has expert he has like a good starting base and some expertise in analysis combined with his ability to peak, speak publicly or interact and communicate with people this is like the core skill sets that we can work with we can teach everything else, right? But my work product needed to clearly showcase those things. That is valuable. That is that is valuable. That wow. That is yeah. And I'm I'm just thinking of of situations where you know the job description is this, but like you said, what is the superpower? Yeah. You know, what is X factor? Superpower in the context of that new job that you're going to apply. So it's like, how are you going to be an X factor right away? So that requires a level of self-reflection and self-awareness as well. Yeah. Um, you really have to sit down and really think about, hey, like, where, how do I add value? Like, legit, like, how can I add value to this company? You know, I wasn't actually sure when I, like, when they hired me for the national team, it wasn't blatantly stated to me that I was going to present to the team i found out when i got to my first camp that i was presenting to the team so it was uh and then, I, and then 37 presentations later i rolled through it you know it was just you just got used to it you know but it was um that was you just kind of thrown into it but i was ready for it you know because i had the necessary like experience and i was i was pretty good at it too so i just had to refine it and keep learning how to do it in the style that um you know, Greg wanted so, with the stat with the players. So you, know? you didn't even know like what the type of position you were going to get, right? Well, it wasn't like that. It wasn't clearly defined that I would be presenting per se. Oh, we okay. had kind of discussed it, but it wasn't like that wasn't particularly clear to me. But I was okay with it. I was okay. totally fine with it. It was an opportunity for me to get in front of the players. Like I wanted, yeah, I, I think really, regardless, I, really I think you were going to take it. <laughs> regardless yeah. of what it is, I think you were going to take it. <laughs> I wanted. I think you were going to take it. Yeah, I wanted to do it. And man, I've gotten so much better because of it, even if it was uncomfortable. So, oh, yeah, for the, sure. The beginnings is, is often uncomfortable, but that's, that's good and comfortable. Now, let's kind of go over to the other side of what are some mistakes that a lot of people make? And from anywhere from applying to interviewing to approaching people, what have you seen that is? the most common mistakes that people can really take hold of and, and try and fix? 
Yeah, one would be in terms of applying is that I think people tend to sort of like just to get in the mass apply to try to like any position in this department opens up, I'm going to apply type thing. Right. And <laughs> it's like uh, it, it like, let's just say I was an analyst and a scouting position open up. It's a, it's like a relatable thing, right, to some degree. But my specialty isn't an individual player scouting, right? My specialty isn't like team opposition analysis, right? So I shouldn't apply for that role. But people don't, people will like, um, they'll still do it because they want to get in and then like, okay, I can, I can do this, you know, also shows, so to speak, type thing. But it, it, in the interview will always come out that that's not what you're really interested in if you get an interview mm. right so mm. i think um mass applying for jobs doesn't make sense i think apply for really what you want to do and tailor everything towards that job your work product your resume your cover letter tailor everything towards that um the second part would be in the interview process and this is something i've personally experienced is quality over quantity in terms of if you have like if you get to like a second stage interview or a third stage interview and you have to do some sort of technical interview because a lot of the positions do require some level of technical technical expertise make sure that it's all about the quality and the depth of the information that you have and if there's things that will hold you back from having a good conversation or a good presentation just don't worry about those because everybody has yeah. gaps so for me as like an analyst if i was really poor at illustrations and like using paint software on clips well don't use that just use really simple illustrations like with whatever you have available and then talk in a lot of depth about what it is that you're presenting and don't try to cover it all because you just don't have enough time to do it and they're just looking for an example that you can work effectively in their team because they have a process they have a workflow you're going to come in and you're going to improve that but they need to see how you're going to add value to do that Hmm. I like that. I like that. And even the ability to, it, it was actually news to me that, you know, people are applying and interviewing for positions that, because in healthcare, it's totally different, right? Of, you know, a, a PT can't apply for a massage therapist position because you don't have the qualifications. But yeah. sure. what you're saying is, is, I guess, if you're applying for a position, make sure that you want it or make sure that that's the role that you actually want to do or because i was a little confused by that yeah i mean it's um it's it's something that like don't be specific with what it is that you want to do and only apply for that role essentially right if i, I want to be an gotcha. if i want to be an opposition analyst mm -hmm. i should apply for that role but to get into the analysis department i could apply for like a scouting role for example um and you don't need to do that if that's not what you're really interested in doing right because you won't like eventually it will just be found out. And that's just one specific example mm -hmm. though, because like a lot of times the skill sets of like using this software or this scouting platform or whatever it is, a lot of those overlap between coaches, analysts, scouts, things of that nature. So it's really easy for people to just apply for multiple positions type idea. And I think that's true also on like the, the front office side in content creations and things of that nature. Um, on the marketing side, I think there's, there's, we've also heard that as well on that side. Speaking of content creation, that's great content right there for your, <laughs> for your newsletter, <laughs> just uh, helping people like mistake they make when they, they apply, uh, trying to get into the soccer world. Uh, that's a great piece of content right there. I would read that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, 
One thing that, John, me and you talked about a little bit before of who is going to end up reading your application, because I do think that bit is important, but it's also something that is that is really hard to figure out. And I'll, I'll give you guys an example to kind of put it into perspective. So whenever you're you're sending an application out there, you don't know who's going to be the first one to read it. And you never know what their values may or may not be. And I've seen situations where, you know, a, a team, whoever is there, um, a head of a department will say, if you don't have experience in this field, in a field that's maybe completely different to soccer, let's say hockey or football or basketball, then you won't be able to work here because our systems and our experience has been kind of optimized for that, you know, and and I'm sure there's plenty of other examples out there of, you know, you really have to know what you're getting into before you're sending in that letter because you don't know who's going to read it. Do you have any tips, any advice for navigating that space of optimizing an application for someone who is going to read it without knowing who they are or trying to figure out who that person is or, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because you kind of have to do some research and some digging to just figure out who the hiring manager is, right? If you can, if possible. So um, if it's at a pro club, you could probably whittle it down to see, like, let's say it was the medical department, who's the head of the medical department, you know, and try to, like, they will probably be the ultimate decider of who at some point would get hired or be a part of the panel that will be hiring for that position. And then you could kind of go underneath him or her to see who's in those positions and also reach out to them. And I think um, some of the advice that we've gotten from talking to some of these thought leaders is just figure out who they are and, and send a LinkedIn message, send a DM on Twitter or Instagram or something, figure them out, figure that out. Um, because even though like that, the point being from them was your name may just stick out or I may remember your name. Mm-hmm. And the big complaint that we get is I feel from a job seeker or someone who's trying to apply is, man, I feel lost one of 500 applicants in a sea of applicants and nobody knows who i am and i also never hear anything back nobody i reply and i never hear anything back that's a big thing that we get so it is like shoot your shot and put your name out there and send a send a message now the other part of it is like craft a well thought out message though you know like put thought behind that message say do research on their on their program and what they're doing and you know, try to tie some of that into your message as well, because it just shows that you've done your research, that you care, that you really are, you really want to work there. You know, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this this go round, they'd be like, hey, you know, I I don't uh, I don't think you have the experience necessarily to get the job. Maybe they respond and they're kind enough to do that, right? Um, but then maybe in a couple of years time, if you applied for another open role, they remember your name. That's true. Yeah, that that's that, that works. That's, that's kind of like how I got into, it's one of them, the, my strategy to get into PT school. I had to go to an open house and introduce myself to the one of the people that work in the admission. <laughs> so yeah. that's, what, that's what I had to do. You know, it's, it's sending a, a message on LinkedIn, on Instagram. That's, that's uh, in my perspective, that's that's pretty easy to me. It might feel scary because you're trying, to, you're trying, you're trying not to mess up, but it's it's better than not sending anything at all. Listen, I, I have this like uh, this amazing story for like in that there's a lot of things I love about Greg Berhalter as a coach. And the, there's this amazing story that 
he, he did this one time and there was a, we were in like the middle of a meeting and he's like, Hey, I got to jump on this other call real quick. I'll be back in like 20 minutes. Right. And he came, he left and he came back and we were like, where were you? And he's like, Hey, this kid, uh, he emailed me, guessed my email, emailed me and asked if I would take 20 minutes to just speak to him. And it was, it was amazing, man. Like, uh, it's so a Greg got on the call with him and spoke to him about like his game model. He wanted to show some stuff and Greg gave him some advice and then he got off. And I was like, how cool is that? Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's but the, cool. guy, yeah. but the, the kid guessed his email. He guessed it. <laughs> it's incredible. So, I mean, it's, it's credit to Greg. I mean, that's an amazing, he's an amazing guy for a lot of different reasons. And that's one of them. So, I mean, I think that was really cool, but I just say, how, how about an example of that? You just know what I mean? Shoot your shot. Shoot, shoot your shot. shot. Shoot your shot. You find, let me tell you, if you if you if if you like the job, you're passionate about it, and you want to get it, you find some way, man. Yeah. You find some way. You find some way. Like I, I, I did some crazy stuff just to get into PT school. I didn't know I had that in me. It's like when you have the passion <laughs> and you want the job, like you find you do some crazy stuff and you look back and you're like, man, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and i actually that, that's a little gem you gave right there as well john is is guessing emails because they're not always available on on uh, team websites but no. you know people have first names they have last names they have first initials they have last initials <laughs> mm -hmm. only so many permutations and combinations out there so uh, that's right yeah you guys can't find shot. it but yeah shoot your shot um yeah. let's end on on two things uh firstly what is one piece of advice that you wish you knew when you were entering the workforce in our game? Yeah, I think um, one, it would just be probably the amount of the time and the commitment that it will like it'll actually consume in your life, I think is probably what it is. And I think um, I think if I I wouldn't have stopped me had I gone into it, like I probably would have just come up with a better plan personally for my life, just like outside of soccer. And I think that was a big deal. And it's probably relevant to a lot of, a lot of people going through it is just probably for me, it would just be spend more, spend equal time growing as like a man and a husband as I do as a coach. Mm. Right. And then mm. making sure that making sure that I take care of my personal relationship before anything else. Right. And I think that's something that people are so ambitious and so driven and so consumed by working in the sport that they forget about everything else. And I think that it should be flipped in my opinion. So I, I think, had I started again, I think, and it's super possible, it would be to put that at the forefront of everything I do. I had a coach who, who actually coached me on that because I was so gun ho into, I need to make this business work. I need to make the business work. I would just like forget to eat. I'll be on the desk just working. And then yeah. my my homework was to take Thursday off and spend time with, with my wife. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? It's true. This makes no sense. <laughs> She's like, do it for two weeks and you'll see what happened. And then it's just like, it was amazing. Like I had trouble being creative. All of a sudden the idea was flowing wild because, you know, I kind of took my, <laughs> just, just focus on other area of my life where, you know, things are good. And when, when things are good and you're happy over there, that actually get carried over to your job, your sports, whatever you're doing. You know, you think yeah. everything, you think everything is compartmentalized, but it's not. Everything is all weaved in and, and, and connected you know you do well in this area that gets carried over into this other area so 
personal life is definitely, if anything, take care of your personal life first <laughs> and then worry about the, the other stuff afterwards. Yeah. Because there, there's carryover. Definitely. And you learn it more as you have children. I have two now. It's just, it's even more at the forefront, you know what I mean, of what you do. So every decision that I make, you know, is a, um, is a big one, but everything about the family's first. So. Andy, you got a couple more years before um, <laughs> you understand that part. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I, I have a, I have a kid. I have a one-year-old, and I, I resonate with everything that you said, man. Like once they're there, like your priorities all of a sudden change. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like you, your time is measured. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And lastly, we we've talked about this newsletter. Let's shout it out. How can people get onto it? How can uh, it end up in their email inbox. What's it about? Tell us, tell us about this newsletter. Yeah. Like I said, the newsletter is we're trying to make it the go-to resource for people who want to break into the soccer industry. It offers, um, it offers valuable insights from soccer thought leaders that we're interviewing across the industry in all different departments, so to speak, to start. Um, so, and then we also provide actionable tips or advice in it as well. Sort of like a do this now type, um, type content where, We'll give you real advice that you say, hey, if you want to learn how to go out and cold DM people, here's how you could do it. And we'll give you tips on how to do that, right? So that you could go do it that day. So I think we want to kind of combine those things and insights and actionable advice. Uh, you can subscribe to it at pathwayhq.com uh, or you can follow us on Twitter. We're at pathway underscore HQ. And those would be the two best ways. Love it. Love it. Love Perfect. It. Well, John, thank you so much for your time tonight. Appreciate you. And guys, of course, share, share, share this episode with anybody in the soccer world, especially if you're trying to break in or you know someone who's trying to break into the soccer sphere. So, uh, John, thank you so much. Pathway, thank you so much for your advice. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys.